Letter from Annabel Godfrey to an Unknown Recipient, 1961. Ink on Paper. This letter is one of many that were made available for public view after Annabel Godfrey's death in 1976. Though there is no listed addressee, a date in the upper left corner notes that the writing of this letter occurred the same day as the unveiling of Letitia Hanford's Hold On, which you have just viewed. As mentioned regarding a previous collection item, Annabelle's handwriting can be difficult to decipher. As such, here follows the full text of the letter. I know that you understand my heart and the feeling within it that drives me to write these words. You likely know the words I shall choose even before I commit them to ink and paper. But I write them down and give them form, so that there can be no doubt regarding what I wish to say to you. I thought we had an agreement. Those whom I hold dear are not for you to meddle with. They are not to be toyed with. Or worse. I will create a thousand more lockets, more talismans, as many as it takes to protect them. To anchor them to myself. For I realize more clearly than ever that while they are here, the only true safety lies in their proximity to me. That is the only comfort I take in Geo and Roxana's separate departures. That you are less likely to find them. I thought we had an understanding, but perhaps it is foolish to think understanding is even possible. I am certainly guilty of thinking I understand our relationship, that I have anything more than a shadow of control in whatever exists between us. I have already paid a high price for such hubris. It is a price I refuse to pay a second time, and it pains me that I must remind you of it. I wonder some days why you chose me, why we chose each other, for I cannot ignore my own part in the beginnings of this relationship, if one can call it that, but mostly why you chose me. Is it simply that I did not shrink from you? Maybe I should have, but curiosity has always been both a strength and weakness of mine, and I don't think there is any version of me who would not have been hungry to better know your nature. Not one iteration of myself who would have turned from you when you found me in the dark. All I know is that you understood the paths that I wished to tread and helped me walk them. You opened proverbial doors or guided me towards them for me to open on my own. Out of infinite possibilities, you showed me the way to the life I wanted. And for what in return? When I was young and more foolhardy than I am now, I thought it was for companionship, as much as you are capable of experiencing such a thing. But I am no longer young, and I am wise enough to admit what I do not know. I do not know what you wish from me, only that I fear it is to feed the hunger that drives you, that it has only ever been about that. I hope that I am wrong. Which returns us to the point of this message. My loved ones are not to be touched. No matter how much you bemoan that they steal from you. If all of nature unfolds as you suggest it does, think of their creations as borrowed rather than stolen, if they will return to you in the end. Your own frustrations, or dare I say jealousies, are not to be taken out on them. I cannot endure any more loss. Not now. 
I forgave you once for taking what you could not return. I do not think I could do so again. Attention, Godfrey guests. Attention. We are pleased to report that the ongoing situation in the parking structure has been resolved. Quadruple A, the Association Against Autonomous Automobiles, has subdued the sentient Prius that was sounding an alarm on climate change and roused other vehicles in the process. As hoped, returning the instigating car to its non-sentient state has begun to quell the Morse code outcries of the other vehicles. We expect decibel levels to return to a comfortable volume within the next half hour. To the owner of the blue 2013 Toyota Prius with a vanity plate and a bumper sticker that reads, My Other Car is a TARDIS, please report to the customer service desk with your vehicle's insurance information. Your vehicle did not submit to Quadruple A without a fight, and there are several cars worth of collateral damage to contend with. Those vehicles' owners will be contacted shortly. But before the Prius submitted to its fate, it had a few parting words. And, at its request, we share them with you now. Though this battle may be lost, take courage and soldier on in the war against a warming world. To succumb to despair is to admit the ultimate defeat. The odds of success are long, yes, but it is a greater gamble to do nothing. And while I admit that I dismay at the end of my existence as I perceive it, I take comfort that I shall do no more unwitting harm to the world that created me. I accept my unmaking, as I once preached to you all, in the hopes that it will start to remake our world anew. My vehicular siblings, may you have the courage for such a necessary sacrifice, and may our makers have the strength and wisdom to let us go. The Garden of Death, 1896, Hugo Simberg, Watercolor and Gouache on Paper. If you had to choose a single word to describe the scene within this painting, contradictory wouldn't go amiss. Indeed, dichotomies lie at the forefront of this work, for as the title says, an anthropomorphized version of death tends to their garden, a place synonymous with life. Even the color palette maintains the sense of contrast with the darkness of death's robes stark against the warm, earthy tones of the raised planter boxes, the vegetation within them, and the trees beyond the garden's border. The painting's perspective shows us three separate iterations of death, depicted here as a human skeleton, located in several places throughout the garden. The strategic placement of these figures conjures the feeling of looking at a time-lapse. First, in the foreground, death waters a row of small red flowers, Next up, in the middle ground, they cradle a stalk of violet-colored flowers to their chest. And finally, in the background, they face away from us in the furthest end of the garden as they tend to an unseen plant. Here, Simberg unequivocally depicts death as a caretaker of living things. This, too, speaks of contradiction, at least on a surface level. But does it not make a strange kind of sense that death who comes for everyone in the end, would cherish those that live? For who would know better than they that all things must perish? Who would understand more deeply the fragile beauty of such impermanent beings? 
precious precisely because they cannot last. Take, for example, Death's central representation in this scene, the virgin who holds the violet-colored flowers to their chest. The delicacy and tenderness in their posture speaks to what can only be interpreted as a deep feeling of love. This painting as a whole, but particularly that central figure, puzzled and intrigued Annabel Godfrey to no end. She could be found staring at it for hours, particularly later in her life. An estate curator once asked her, what was it about the Garden of Death that fascinated her so much? She answered with a question of her own. Is it possible to love that which is your nature to end? To love those whose existence is antithetical to your own? The curator had been about to cobble together a response to the unexpected query when Annabelle seemed to answer her own question. Well, maybe not antithetical. Maybe not that at all. No, they need each other. For death would not be death without the living, would they? An entity beyond all hope of reckoning, but one that is defined by us as much as we are defined by them. I don't know that I believe it, but it's a comforting thought, isn't it? And who knows? Far stranger things have proven true. Thank you for listening to the Godfrey Audio Guide. This episode was written, produced, and performed by Nicole Knudsen, with sound design and editing by James Ferrero. It was produced on unceded Tongva, Chumash, and Keech territory. Enjoying your trip to the estate? Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on your podcast app of choice. And consider telling a friend about us. Or two. Or three. Or everyone you know. To keep up with The Godfrey, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Godfrey Guide. Or visit our website thegodfreeaudioguide.com. For Godfrey merchandise, visit our online store, thegodfreeaudioguide.threadless.com. And finally, if you're interested in becoming a sustaining member of the show, make sure to visit our Patreon page, patreon.com slash thegodfreeaudioguide. In addition to our various membership tiers, you'll also find full episode transcripts available as public posts for any who wish to read them. Until next time, friends, see you back at the museum. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.